0: In the state of Maine, this is one of the most horrendous stories that I have read in a long time. It's hard to believe that this is real, but this is the thing of Ibram Kendi's dreams. This is the thing, this is critical race theory, not just in children's schools, but applied against white people in the medical system. This is from Fox News. A Maine hospital executive involved in diversity, equity, and inclusion hosted an anti-racist prayer service that had a group of white people apologize for their internalized racism as white people. This according to a video reviewed by Fox News Digital. Ryan Polly is a vice president of DEI at Maine Health, a hospital system of over 20,000 employees. He said that the hospitals cater to overwhelmingly white patients, which is reflected by local demographics. Polly refers to himself as a minister of a group called One Spirit. In a video, that was review, reviewed by Fox. Polly's shown teaching attendees how to be practitioners of anti-racism through a prayer that he dedicated to loving spirits who are known by many names. He said during the prayer services that he himself maintains racist narratives and biases and attributed those to his skin color. As you might expect, look at that picture. What are all of these What are all of these uh, anti-racist educators, anti-racist educators? I put that in quotation marks. They're white. They're oftentimes white. Robin DiAngelo, the author of White Fragility, the book that you could argue brought critical race theory to the forefront of corporate awareness. Of course, she's white. She travels around the country making money off of speeches, telling white people that they're bad. And she's a white woman. This is what This this DEI executive said, as the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion at a major health system, I think frequently about my role as white person first and as diversity leader second. I think about the responsibility I have to continue the deep internal work of understanding my own racist narrative and biases. I think about the privilege my whiteness affords me and the choices whiteness allows me to have. My whiteness keeps me and my family safe. Now, if you're thinking this sounds really, really racist, you would be correct. If you're wondering how this applies in a healthcare system, well, that's a very pertinent question. Because if you're a white person walking into a hospital, you shouldn't be wondering, am I going to get subpar medical care because of the color of my skin? Am I going to face racial discrimination in a moment of emergency during a health crisis because of the level of melanin on my arms and legs and face? Like This is freaky, freaky stuff. Polly said white people acquire ignorance, biases, and racist thoughts on the basis of their belonging to a quote, life of whiteness. This is, and of course, by the way, What do we always say that critical race theory is? We say critical race theory is a descendant, the grandchild of critical theory, which is a Marxist theory from the Frankfurt School. Critical race theory is Marxism. It's racialized Marxism. And there's always that tell. There's always that one phrase that critical race theorists or DEI operators always use that give themselves away. In this case, Ryan Pauley says that his his, uh, DEI prayer which seems sacrilegious even to say those two words in the same phrase. He said it's focused on, quote, dismantling the system. And there, ladies and gentlemen, we have it. That is the ultimate goal of Marxists. They want to dismantle our governmental, economic, and cultural systems. They want to destroy everything that we know and love and rely on and instead force communism and Marxism on us. And this absolute creep is doing it by discriminating against white people in the hospital, all in an effort to dismantle the system. There's always a dead giveaway, a dead giveaway. So Yegevny Prigozhin, the Russian head of the Wagner Group, you know, this private army that was fighting for Vladimir Putin in Ukraine, was fighting then got into a little tit for tat with Vladimir Putin because the Wagner group didn't get what the Wagner group wanted. Vladimir Putin didn't give them what they wanted. And so they began to march on Moscow, ostensibly to challenge Vladimir Putin, maybe to occupy Moscow, maybe to overthrow Putin. This happened a month ago. We were all kind of wondering, well, what is going to happen? On one hand, the idea of somebody overthrowing Putin sounds kind of appealing. On the other hand, Yegevni Prigozhin is arguably a more brutal, evil person than even Vladimir Putin, which is a hard thing to be. So do we want Vladimir Putin to be deposed somehow? Sure, yeah, I guess ultimately that would be great. Do we want Prigozhin instead? Not really. So after the standoff weirdly ended with Prigozhin cowardly backing down, I think everyone in the world, you and I certainly sat here and thought, well, Prigozhin's going to get knocked off pretty soon. You can't uh, threaten. You don't go after the king unless you kill the king, right? You don't threaten the king unless you follow through. Because if you don't follow through, then you're going to hang. And that's exactly what happened to Yevgeny Prigozhin. It's funny that the media yesterday was headlining by saying that Yevgeny Prigozhin was killed in a plane crash. Almost every media outlet used that same phrase, killed in a plane crash. And I was like, you know, the word that they're looking for here isn't killed in a plane crash. The word they're looking for is assassinated. Yegevni Prigozhin, about a month after this happened, was assassinated by Vladimir Putin. His plane was shot out of the sky. So this is Yegevni Prigozhin, a photo of him, for anybody who, um, I'm sure you're familiar with what he looks like, but this, this military dude, this, this operator, he's the one who was killed. This is a video of the... Uh, Plane, once it had, the fiery remains of the plane, I guess I should say, once it had hit the ground, you can see what this looks like on video. Wherever you download your favorite podcasts, you'll see the flames. I mean, that's obviously everyone involved in that plane crash perished. There's simply no question about it. Look at that. Look at that. It's awful. There were ten people on the plane. They're all presumed dead. Of course, they're dead. Look at that. Nobody survived that because, not only because of what it looks like on the ground and the impact, but how high up in the sky this was when it was shot. Now, this next video, I'm just going to show you the beginning of this video because watch very closely. It's pretty far away. We can start playing this video. It's pretty far away, but look at the first bit of this video. You see way high in the sky, Uh, clouds and smoke as if there was an explosion in the sky. And then you see, plummeting towards Earth, this, I mean, it's so far away, it looks like a tiny little plane. It almost looks like an air show stunt where the plane appears to be falling from the sky with a trail of smoke. This is not an accident. That is not how a plane, if a plane crashes naturally, if that's even a thing, this is not what it looks like. This is what it looks like when a plane is shot down out of the sky by a Russian missile. This plane was obviously shot down out of the sky by a Russian missile. So was Yegevny Prigozhin killed in a plane crash? Was he, I mean, as horrible as that is, I think that's a lot of our worst nightmares, especially people who travel a lot. That seems a little tame for what actually happened to him, a little tame description for the reality of the situation. He was assassinated by Vladimir Putin. Now, did he deserve it? I don't want to get involved. I'm not unhappy. I wouldn't be unhappy if either of the two if either of the two, you you give me Prigozhin or Vladimir Putin died, say a prayer for their soul, maybe, but not unhappy not to have them on Earth anymore. But died in a plane crash? I don't know about that. Meanwhile, out in California, three LGBTQ agitators were arrested because they were counter-protesting uh, parents who were calling for a very reasonable provision to be adopted by their school district that they wanted as parents to be notified if their children were transed in school. You'll remember, I think it was two weeks ago, we talked about the story uh, from Chino Valley, where the the school board actually passed a provision that required public schools to notify parents if their children were transed. And this so agitated the left in California that Gavin Newsom sent his superintendent of uh, curriculum and instruction down to the school board meeting. The guy did not respect his time At the microphone, there's a time limit for anyone to speak, and so the school board had him escorted out of the meeting by police. It was quite something. One of my favorite videos of the year. Well, now we have parents who are part of a group called Leave Our Children Alone, um, or Leave Our Kids Alone, and this is from the Daily Wire. They write, three people were arrested in Los Angeles on Tuesday when a group of LGBT activists clashed with a parental rights group protesting school policies that keep parents in the dark about their children's gender identity. The incident began when a small group of unruly LGBT counter-protesters faced off with a rally of nearly 200 parental rights protesters organized by the Instagram-based group, Leave Our Kids Alone, which was marching from City Hall to the Los Angeles Unified School District's offices. When the parental rights marchers arrived at the Los Angeles School District offices, the group of LGBT activists gathered on the opposite side of the street. The Los Angeles Police Department set up skirmish lines to separate the groups. However, police eventually declared an unlawful assembly and ordered all protesters to leave the area. At one point, police attempted to push back the LGBT activists, which led to arrests. Three protesters were ultimately arrested for failure to disperse, All three were jailed on a $5,000 bond. The parental rights protesters were calling on the Los Angeles school district to adopt parental notification policies similar to those passed by other California school districts, which require schools to notify parents if their child asks to go by a new name or pronouns or asks to use the bathroom or play on the sports teams of the opposite sex. One protester's sign read, teach the Bible, not porn. Listen to transitioners. Read a large banner carried by other parental rights protesters. Many of the protesters wore white shirts emblazoned with the group's slogan: "Leave our kids alone." But isn't it telling? I find it extremely telling that this lobby, this activist group, LGBTQ, the LGBTQ lobby, which claims to want equality, claims to want tolerance, claims to want inclusion, turn out not just. In support of a horrible policy like refusing parents the right to know if their child is transing in school, but turn out with such violence that they disobey police, engage in unlawful behavior, and end up being arrested. When I wrote my book, Hide Your Children Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids, part of me worried that the title and some of the topics that I did a deep dive of research in this book would come would would be perceived by some as being hyperbolic because some of the things that I found are just so mind-boggling. It's so difficult to believe that some of these agendas are real and true until you see the source documents and you hear the organizations plans and listen to their meetings and until you, until you see the proof and the evidence that this is real. But then you see things like this. You see things like LGBTQ activists willing to face arrest because they want your children in school to be able to trans without your permission and you never to be notified. And to me, it's one of those moments where I realize that all the research that I poured into my book All of these source documents that I read, these plans and plots and this ideology is real. It's in our country. It's coming for our children. And if we let ourselves, we can see it right before our very eyes, just like what happened in California outside the Los Angeles County School District. All right, guys, thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. Make sure you pre-order my book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. You can go to hideyourchildrenbook.com. That's hideyourchildrenbook.com. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.